Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. go ahead and get started. So first of all, obviously, welcome to a new week. Today, we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about how to combine arpeggio ideas with simple scale ideas. And I'm just going to give you three different things to think about today. These are all going to be in the key of E minor. So we're going to keep it nice and easy. Okay, let's see. Steven is here. Hey, Steve. Hey, Jeff. Plate is here. Edwin is here. Awesome. I don't want to take too much time saying hello to everybody, but I'm so glad that you're taking time out of your day to hang out with me and learn a little bit of guitar. So today what we're going to do is Kristen, or Kristen says it's already night here. That's good or bad, depending on how you look at it. The day is over, a new day is going to begin. All right, so what we're going to do here is we're going to start off by talking about E minor. Hey, Doug, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you two different scale ways to play the E minor scale that I use. And again, many of you probably know already know all this stuff, but I just want to go through this. So let's say, for instance, I was starting off on E on the seventh fret of the fifth string. I'm going to play straight E minor. So I'm playing. So there's my E minor right there. Now this is where the separation occurs, and you're going to see this in the licks that I play today. So what I'm going to do here is I'm playing E, F sharp, G, A, C, D, E. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to reach up here to the second string, and I'm going to play F sharp, G, and A, and then B, C, and D. So it looks like this. For those of you that might be kind of new to this, I'm playing 7, 9, 10, 7, 9, 10, 7, 9, 7, 8, 10, and then 7, 8, 10 again. So we have... And then, of course, I'm running out of frets right there. What I could certainly do is just move up a whole step moving into E. And there's my scale. Okay, so in thinking about playing the scale that way, let me show you something. Sometimes what I like to do is I'll play part of a scale, and then I'll move into a bit of an arpeggio idea. Now again, arpeggio for us meaning uh, broken chord, but really what we're saying is we're just going to play some single notes on some strings. Okay, so what I'm doing here is I'm coming up this E minor, and when I get to this note right here, Okay, so I'm playing F sharp, G, A, B, C. When I get to that C, what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut across the strings doing more of an arpeggio motion. So I'm going to go from the 10th fret to the 9th fret to the 8th fret to the 7th fret. So I'm playing a bit of a scale, and then I'm moving into this cut across those strings to get a little bit different kind of sound like that. Okay, so if you do have a guitar handy and you're trying this out, take a look at it and see if that makes sense to you, okay? Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you so much for the kind uh, comments. That's awesome. So here we go. So we're going. Now, I'm here and I got to figure out what it is I'd like to do. Well, most of the time for me, what's very comfortable to do is once I reach this first string, I'm either going to go from my 7th fret to my 10th fret and then maybe slide up to the 12th fret. So I'm going. 
and I'm using that 10th fret as a transition to slide up to the 12th fret. Okay, now I could have gone from the 7th to the 8th fret just doing a slide like that too. And that would have been just fine as well. You know, depending on what kind of sound you like. And remember, don't get caught up in how fast it needs to be or something like that. Just think about the creativity of it and then decide what it is that you'd like to do in terms of its execution. Now let me show you, I'm going to descend now. And for me, when I descend, because remember, I'm on the 12th fret right now, I'm on E. Now for me, I almost always will go from the 12 back to the 8, back to the first finger. And the reason is because I'm going to slide back to the 7th fret. So I'm going to go here. And that's how I'm going to set myself up to do that reverse arpeggio going backwards. You see, so I could move up this way. And when I go backwards, okay? Now, before I show you the other two things today, what I want you to think about is how at any time as you're playing this, you could shift in and out of playing this arpeggio in this scale to do something else. Like, let's say you're coming across this way. And instead of just continuing on that arpeggio, we come down into something else. We move into whatever else we'd like to do. Can we think of G major when playing E minor? Sure you can. Absolutely you can, Mark. Okay? You just want to think about your exit strategy, Mark, when you're playing this. Like, you'd want to wrap this a bit more around the idea of playing something that sounds a bit more like a G major, right? Which is very easy to convert this to that, but absolutely you could do that. So, so as I play... So let's say you're trying to play a kind of a dramatic solo, right? So you're going... Or you... You know, you do a quick little arpeggio. And you come up like that. But at any time, you can drop back into that scale and start doing your normal... And then maybe I do a lick like that and I come out. And then maybe I want to go back into that arpeggio. You see, and I don't always have to play it exactly the same. I might not go... I might not do that. I might just play the outsides and just play 7 and 10. Now let me show you that. What I'm doing right there is I'm playing 12, 8, 12, 8 and then I'm sliding back to the 7 here. Right? Because this 12 is a B, and that's a B, so I could play this over here. So you get used to being able to visualize the shape of the scale that you're playing, and then from there you start trying to figure out some creatives on how to move through this. Right? That's the most important thing is for me, if you've studied any of my stuff or have any of my guitar courses, which you can always go over to guitarzoom.com and check out, I love intervallic playing. I love players that use a lot of intervals when they do. I love that kind of sound when you're kind of moving back and forth. And then if you take that and you combine it with 
some sort of, I'll call it a cut, which is an arpeggio where you're slicing through strings. In some capacity, it doesn't have to be all of them or anything like that, but there's a lot of great stuff like that that you can use. See? So there's lots of different ways that you can approach this. Now let me show you another thing that you can do. And this time I'm going to take that same E minor scale, but this time at that junction that I showed you before, I'm going to play. So I'm playing up to the E. I'm playing E again, same thing. E, F sharp, G, A, B, C, D, E. But this time instead of playing F sharp over here, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put F sharp on the third string at the 11th fret right here, okay? And because I'm doing that, it's easier for me to reposition my fingering when I play this, if I know this is coming. Instead of playing my first, my third, and my pinky, and then my first, first, third pinky, and first, third, and then pinky out here, which is perfectly fine if you do that. There's nothing wrong with that. But if in my mind I know this is the direction or the path I'm trying to make, oftentimes what I'll do is I'll start off by playing my first, middle, and third. Which puts me on first, middle, and pinky right here. And then I can finish that off by playing 8, 10, 12, 8, 10, 12. And we get what we call a spread fingering, okay, where you've got two frets in between. So just as a, from a scale standpoint, some of you might like to play it this way. And some of you might like to play it this way. And I play them both ways because I might be coming from this spot and then drop back and now I'm in that first position that I was showing you. Right? Or I might come off that and just stay in that kind of shape, pedgy or cutting ideas, right? So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to play 7 to 10 and then 9 and then 7 which gives me a really nice sounding minor 7 arpeggio and there's, I could always jump back into the scale anytime I like I'm just separating these two sounds now when I get to this dominant 7 or minor 7 what I'm going to do there is I'm going to move up to the 11th fret, which we'll call the 9th, if you know what your notes are. And if you don't, it's okay, or your intervals. What I'm doing is, let me explain it in terms of fret numbers. So I'm playing 7, 10, 9, 7, 11. And you get this really nice sound again. And you can always drop back into your scale. You see, so I see this 7, 8, 10, 12. I see those all the time. So as I'm playing, I can drop into back and forth between those anytime I like and just reposition myself. So I'm using this minor 7 arpeggio, adding the 9. And then I could keep going and play 8, 12, 8, 12. So it sounds like this. 
and I get these really big interval sounds as I play something like this. Let me just make sure we're caught up with everybody here. Thank you so much for being here, by the way. So as I'm doing this, and again, don't keep telling yourself that it has to be a certain speed to be good. It really doesn't. It's just your execution, however you want to play this. And you might drop back or watch this. I might come up to this one I've just showed you. And then I could drop back into the first one that I showed you. So it's just any kind of thing like that that sounds interesting that shakes up the way that you're normally playing is always a good thing. The third one that I want to show you is a bit more traditional. This is something that I learned from Yngwie Malmsteen's stuff earlier on, but it's still very functional and I like it a lot. What I'm going to do is I'm going to head over to that E again, but this time I'm going to work on this side. So I'm going to play E, which is the 7th fret, then I'm going to play G, which is the 5th fret, then I'm going to play B, which is the 4th fret. So I'm just playing the same notes I was playing there, the root, the third, the fifth. But what I'm going to do then is I'm just going to move back up and play the root, third, fifth of the next octave. So I'm going to go seven, five, four. Those are the frets. And then on this same third string, I'm going to move up and play nine, eight, seven, which is crossing over the first one that I showed you, right? Like that one right there. So I'm just crossing over that same border. And then what do I want to do? Do I want to go? Or do I want to go? You see, there's so many cool things that you can do if you just sit and kind of study your scale shapes and then start thinking about different ways of either playing up and down, which is a scale, or what I always call cutting or slicing through the strings, which are arpeggios, but instead of just thinking in terms of your arpeggios always only being part of the chord that you're playing, like if you're playing over E minor, you're only allowed to play E, G, and B or something like that. Don't think of it that way, okay? Think of it more as how can I play it, like last Monday's thing that I talked a lot about this. So as you're playing, think about different ways of being able to cut through or slice through those strings that makes it comfortable for you as a player too, not just whether or not harmonically it's fitting over the chord that you're playing, but does it feel good? Can you come up with something that sounds interesting and feels good, right? Think about that. Uh, Steven said fretboard familiarity, which is totally true, okay? And just any kind of thing like that. So what I do is I'll take, let's go back to the second one I showed you, which is the seven, 10, nine, seven. And then there's my 11. So what I'll do is I'll do a turnaround on this where I do a pull off from the 11 back to the 7. And then I do 9 and 11 as hammer-ons. And then I can come off of that and do 8, 12. Or 8, 10, 12. Whatever I'd like to do. Usually I just do 8, 12, but... I might drop back into something like that. So there's lots of different ways of thinking about this as you play. See that? 
that's what you want to get used to is being able to take these ideas. You can watch this video as many times as you want on YouTube or Facebook or whatever and learn some of the things I'm showing you for sure. But then learn how to convert them into something that feels comfortable for you when you play. <laughs> So however you like to, however you like to move and maneuver across the fretboard, that's the most important thing. So hopefully that helps you a little bit. Thank you so much for watching. Try and work on this over the next week and I'll have something brand new for you next Monday. Stay positive, keep practicing. Head over to guitarzoom.com and check out my guitar courses, that sort of thing. And please share the love. Show somebody this video or send them to my YouTube page or whatever. I always appreciate that sort of thing. So take care. Next time on the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast. So let's say that you're studying, again, it could be minor blues. I'm going to be an A today. So we're going to be an A minor blues. Or you might be an A major blues. Or pentatonic, I should say. Now, this is the first thing I want to do is if you know how to play either minor pentatonic or major pentatonic, the first thing we want to understand, and I will reiterate this a little bit on Wednesday, but the first thing we want to understand is how to convert either the minor pentatonic or the major pentatonic into the blue scale by adding in one note. And that's the note right there, which in theory we would call the flatted five. But if you think of it as playing three notes of your pentatonic, one, two, three, and then it's the immediate next note. And that note right there is going to make that scale sound much more like blues. Now that note that you're adding in is not a pleasant note to emphasize over the root. You're going to get a really crazy sound by doing that. But what it does is it creates a large amount of tension. And so what's nice about that note is that you could either go to the note prior or the note ahead of it. And get that kind of bluesy sound. So understand that there are notes that we want to try and emphasize or spend time on. And then there are notes that we use kind of in passing. Well, this is one of those notes that we're passing over. But when we use it, it sounds great. If you enjoyed today's podcast and want to learn guitar even faster, go to guitarzoom.com and click the Get Started button to get access to courses that are right for your interest and skill level. Again, go to guitarzoom.com and click the Get Started button.